0: Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shir Mandaf Yom. My name is Yitzchak Shalom and we are now at the beginning of Mishnah Vav, which is broken up into three parts, uh, in my, in the fourth chapter of Gitin, uh, continuing on with the issue of Avadim Knanim, An-Daf Mem Gimol Amud Bet. If someone sells his slave either to non-Jews or to Chutzlarts, meaning outside of Israel, that's assuming of course that he started in Israel as we'll see at the end of the sugya uh then the slave goes free. So the uh the Brita adds in the fact that the the selling master has to write him a getshur because uh we're going to assume that the one who purchased him really doesn't have rights to him. that's oh, he only has to write a good shikher if he didn't write this other kind of star called an on. but if you wrote ono, oh, then that is the that works itself. My ono, oh, what does it mean? He wrote the following in a text: If you run away from that second master, I have nothing to do with you. That itself is freedom. Let's say that he borrowed money from the non-Jew using the the slave as uh, collateral. Once the Ovid Kochavim um, did his normal practice, we'll see what that is in a moment, of acquisition of the slave, then he's immediately free, uh, which of course then means that the original master is now going to have to buy his freedom uh, as we will see a little later on, my nimuso. What is this practice? Nimuso comes from the Greek word nomos, which means practice. Amravhuna bar Yehuda. It means words. Amrav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda nishake. It means a sort of seal. He puts a seal on him. Meitar Sheshit. challenges that the meaning of nimus cannot be that. Haarivsin vachakiroth. These are different kind of sharecroppers. Haarivse bateyavot sharecroppers who have a family history of working on this field or a non-Jew who, who um, gave his field as collateral to a Jew even though he did the nimus the field still does not belong to the Jew uh, and again we're not concerned here with the sharecroppers uh, that's a separate sugya. but the issue here is the non-Jew who gave his field as collateral to the Jew, uh, even though he did it the nimus, we'll see what that is, then it's still not the Jews and therefore there still is no obligation to Masrot. if you think that uh, Nimus means the seal, Sadebat <laughs> Neshakehi, there is no place to put a seal on a field. It can't mean that. Now, of course they're not suggest they're not entertaining the possibility that, that Nimus may be a generic term meaning practice and then each thing will have its own practice. Alamar of Sheshitzman Sheshit says Nimus means Zman, meaning that the amount of time has passed meaning that uh, the loan is already due at that point, then the, the possession transfers. Now, kasha manas if that's the case, then we have a contradiction between our ruling about the slave and this ruling about the field. Do we say that when the time for collection of a collateral is passed, that the collateral transfers uh, possession and now becomes the property of the lender or not? In the case of the slave, we say it does, he goes free. In the case of the field, we say it doesn't, it's still not chayav and masrot. So, well this is a little bit difficult because they're saying it, it, the, uh, the case of the slave is when the time had already come uh, and the case of the field the time had not yet come so if the time has already come do you have to mention that the slave does already become the possession of the uh, of the non-Jew after all he, he's due the money the money's not there he's got the collateral it must be that the time has not yet arrived. Very simple solution is that in our case the slave was sold as a slave. In the case of the field, the non-Jew gave as collateral the fruit of the field, but not the field itself. So even if he would actually hand it all over, it would still not have in because it's coming from a field of a non-Jew. We're talking about a situation where he lent the money with the condition of using a collateral, but he never collected the collateral. He never took the collateral. And that's why in the case of the field, even though he did the nimus, nonetheless, since the Jew never collected the collateral, it's still P'tu'am and wrote. Now, Tanarabanan. Let's say that a non-Jew just grabbed a slave because the Jew owed him money. He never he never set it up as collateral. The, the non-Jew came. Oh, you got a slave, I'll take him instead of what you owe me. Or a thug, a secret coroner, a strong-armed man came. We'll deal with him a lot more in the 5th um Came and just seized the field. Loya, seized the slave. Loya he doesn't go free. Meaning that the master is now not obligated to buy him out and buy his freedom. Uvachavolo, is that not true? Or mean he if the if if he owes money to the non-Jew and the non-Jew seizes the slave isn't the Jew obligated to free the slave? Or mean he haresha anso Let's say that the crown that the king's men came and seized his his granary im If they seized it because he really owes money to the to the king, then the fr- the fruit is still chayav uh, masrot still belongs to him he has the obligation im ba pirot, But if they just grabbed it. For the heck of it, as it were, paturmi laser. Then he's exempt. All right, so you see that if they seize it, um, if they seize it for his, um, for his debt, that chayab laser, so they are de The answer is that even when they seized it for, not for a debt, um, nonetheless, that particular amount of stuff that he would owe to give the king, he's now paid off. And so, therefore, he has gained something here, and therefore, um, and therefore, chayav la Um, right, so, so, the amount that, that, uh, that he's, that he's got, that he, uh, the amount that he owes is getting paid off, therefore, chayav la Now, Toshma, Damarav, Abdullah Farhang, if he sells his slave to, uh, this is a Persian word for a judge, Obed Kohovim Khirut. Right, The reason there is because he could have, this guy was evidently strong-arming him, but he could have paid him off, he could have found some way to appease him. Instead, he let him take a slave, or he sold the slave. Uh, therefore, he is fined for that, and he has to free the slave. So, a sort of repetition. What happens if you sell a slave for 30 days? Mahu. So Toshma de Amar Rav abdullah farhang lefarhang Oved Kuchavni the Cherut. He said he goes free. So Hatem farhang Oved Kuchavni sheinah choser. Now that's talking about a situation not where he wants him for a month, but where he's not going to come back. That's why you have to free him. Machro chutzmin malachto. Let's say you sold the slave as an investment, but his malacha still belongs to you. Mahu chutzmin amit What if you sold the slave on condition that he can still keep mitzvot? Chutzmin shematod v'yam tovimo. Or you sold him on condition that he can They can't make him work on Shabbos and Yom L'gera Toshav, you sold him to a non-Jew who keeps the Shav Mitzvot B'nei Noach. Mumar, to a Jew who doesn't keep the Mitzvot. Mahu. Lakuti Mahu, what if you sold him to somebody who's a Kuti? Again, in the times of the Mishnah, unclear what their status was. So we have a whole list of possible either versions of the sale or our uh, targets of the sale, or should we say uh, buyers, that, uh, that are sort of in between and we're not clear what the status is. So P'shot miachara, we can solve um, we can solve at least one of them Ger Toshav Hareu Kaoved a Ger Toshav is considered like a non-Jew Kuti Yisrael Mumar what do we do with a um, with a Yisrael Mumar and a um, and a Kuti what do we do with them so Amrilah um, so there are those who decide in this direction, so those who decide in that direction. It sounds like what uh, that, that they decide together, though, that Akuti and Israel Mumar are, are going to be treated the same way. So, but we could not solve any of the other questions. So they asked Rabbi Yami. Evid um, If a uh, slave threw himself to the legions, uh, let's say that the master can't get him out, the, the slave threw himself to the legions, and now the master can't free him, not in our courts and not in their courts um, um, then uh, can he at least accept the money for him go look into your learning he went and found he went asurin. If you sell your house to an Ovid Koham you 're not allowed to get money As you sold your house in israel told but if he forced you out, um, um that if there's no way to get the the money uh, the the house back then you 're allowed to take the money from them vitev alav um. Then you can actually sign it in the registry of their court system, etc because uh, that 's all you that 's all you can get from them you 're not going to get the house back at least you can get the money. buy it. but maybe that 's in the case of a house lo because after all you need a house therefore there 's no way you 're going to sell it uh, voluntarily um, and therefore there 's no reason to be goes there in such a case that you can 't accept the money aval avda avda you could live without a slave you might end up actually selling him willfully, and therefore we should make xera or lo so. Should we allow you to accept the money for the slave that you can't get back or not? Rabbi Yami, Rabbi Yami sent the back the answer mini ami Barnatan torah you'll say the holy israel from me the torah comes out evgi pilot small guy assault we are kholot siol obdinis vlodeni of the kohavim if you can't get the the uh the slave back mutarli told them if you're allowed to take the money that they offer ve khotevu mal ber khotol you can sign it in their registry in their courts exactly like the case of the house that's all you can get from them he said, if you sell your slave to a non-Jew, we fine you up to a hundred times his value, meaning you have to spend up to a hundred times his value to free him. Do we mean really a hundred times or just mean a lot? We'll see, because Rishlokesh said, You're not allowed to sell a behemagasa, like a bull to non-Jews in Israel, We force you to spend up to ten times the amount to free him. So you see that a hundred may be an exaggeration. Perhaps and Eved is worse. Because every day he's not fulfilling mitzvot that he was able to fulfill when he was uh, with you or he will when he's free. So maybe it's more. There's the opposite version. There's the opposite version. We find you up to ten times the value, not a hundred times the value. Dafko lav and then we ask, is it really ten? Now we have the opposite version. The shlokesh said, if you sell a bull, we force you to spend up to a hundred times its value to get it out. So Shani Eved al Hadalay. Now perhaps an Eved uh is only ten. In other words, maybe ten is uh, is not really the amount, maybe the amount is much more. And the answer is no. Maybe an Eved, you have to spend less, because in the end you're not going to get him back. The animal you're gonna get back. Behematabamai, so why do you have to say, why is the animal so much? Bishum the because you're gonna get him back. So Likna so make it eleven. So ten for selling him to the wrong guy, and one to get him back. Evan the answer is selling your slave to a non-Jew is a very uncommon thing They the Rabbon didn't make a selling your animals evidently was common so they made a that you have to spend up to 100 times back in that second version let's say he sold his slave and then he died the guy who sold him, who were going to fine and force him to spend a lot of money to get him back he died she can sue she do we force the son now to spend all that money uh, ten times as much hundred times as much to free the slave so in because in some cases, debts incurred by the parents devolve to the children and in many cases they don't so let's say if you rip off the um, the ear of a uh, Bechor, an animal who's a Bechor, which is the big matil mum you 're deliberately putting a mum onto uh, onto a Bechor, uh, you have to. Yeah, there's a fine there, and if you, if the man who did it died, and they, the rabbi said that the son has to pay also. because there the father violated an isur which is being made to mumble Here, selling him to ananju is evidently an isur So perhaps we don't uh, force the child. But on the other hand. You have um, you have the situation where somebody plans his workout so that it specifically falls out in Cholamoy. so suddenly now it's a Dover Havid and he has to do it. We make a Knoss, he can't do it, but Lokansub Subno acharav. In that case, we don't find the child. The answer is Mishum Galoavad Isura, because the guy didn't really do an Isur, he just planned a schedule around that. So Hachamai, what do we do here? Here the guy did an Isur, but it's an Isur Drabhanat. So, did they find him, and he's not around? Or maybe they find his money, his bank account, and that is around. If a field was de-thorned during Shemitah, you can plant it after Shemitah, even though you're not supposed to do that during Shemitah. But if it was uh, watered, and it was really... um, fertilized, etc. during Shemitah, then you're not allowed to plant afterwards because you're getting Hanav from the Malachah, Donan Shemitah. But we do have a tradition that if he fertilized it and then it died, the son can plant it. the So we see that we only find him and not his son. So in parenthetically, we have a parallel case. If you are Metameh, the tarot of somebody else—that's an indistinguishable an, an, an intangible or invisible nezek. So it's a hezek shenonikar. There's a knastra abban, and we'll see it later on the fifth parak that you have to pay for the damages. But if you did that and died, lo the son doesn't have to pay. My time away, hezek shenonikar lo shmei hezek, because it's an intangible or an invisible nezek, which is not really nezek. The Knas that you have to pay for the damage is a Durabanon. That, that the rabbis only did it to you and not to your son. Which means, the bottom line is, that anytime the Knas is Durabanon, it only devolves on the person who did the vile action, the wrong action, and not on his son. Okay, the second half of the Mishnah said that if you sell the, the uh, slave to Chutzlarts, he goes free. Tan Rabbanon. Hammocher Abdullah Chutzlarts Yatzal Chirut. Goes free. The second guy who bought him is Jewish, who lives in Chutzlar, it has to free him. Kind of depends. He might not always go free, Kate said. I sold my slave to the Antochian. Antioch, remember, is a city in uh, the Syrian coast. So, Loyatza. Because that guy just may be from Antioch, but may be living in Israel. But if you say, I'm selling him to a guy who lives in Antioch, then yatsa. We have the opposite, sort of a a, a a segmented version, in which if you just say Antochi, then he does leave, because the assumption is that's an Antioch. If you say the Antioch, Antioch who lives in Lod, who lives in Israel, then he doesn't go. So, lo kasha, Le le'beit Israel, Yisrael, hadith Yisrael, depends. If the guy has a house in Israel, then when you say the Antioch, the Antioch, then you may be referring to he's going to keep the slave in Israel to run his house. But if he doesn't have a house, he just has a, a, a hotel he's staying in in Israel, then, indeed, the assumption is he's going to take him back to Chutzlitz and you have to free him. bar ben babel shenasa isha avaretz Yisrael, a Babylonian who marries a an Israeli girl and she brings Avadim into the marriage, Vidatovachzor, and he's planning after he marries her to go back with her, or the whole estate, back to Bavel, Mahu. Do those slaves now go free the minute she marries him? Tiboylamandamar hadini ma, hadini And In Ktubot, there's a machloket about whether, when a woman gets divorced, who has the rights over the slaves that she brought in? Is it his right to keep them and pay her off, or is it her right to say, no, I want to keep them? But either way, the question can be asked. hadini ma, even if we say they belong to her, ma, so may they belong to her. And therefore, they don't go free yet. Odilma kevandamishabdila de but since they belong to him, for pera damu, then they're like his. And even if you say the slaves belonged to him, they belong to him. Since he doesn't own them, so the answer is teku. We don't know whether they go free at this point or not. Rabbi Yochanan taught me: If a slave followed his master to Syria, and there his master sold him, he goes free. Rav Khiya taught that if the slave follows him in the Chutz the slave loses his rights to get freed, because after all, he went to Chutz on his own. So, lo'kasha, Kancha dot rabo l'achzor, dot lach it depends. If the master said, I'm going to Syria for a trip and coming back, and the slave went with him, and there he sold him, then he goes free. But if the master said, I'm moving to Syria, and the slave went with him, then he lost his own rights of getting freed in such a circumstance. We have a right that said that the slave may follow his master, Yotse? What do you mean he may go? He must go? The Mishnah at the end of two boat says, you know, one can force someone else to leave Eretz Israel I'm not a husband, a wife, not a wife, a husband, certainly not with slaves. If he did go out, doesn't mean he must go out, if he did go out, and his master sold him there, if the master's planning to come back, then Kofinoto. Uh, then the master really, the Eved, understood that he was going to stay in Eretz just taking a little trip. Then we forced the master to free him. But if the master said, I'm moving to Syria, and there he sold him, then and because the Eved followed him, the Eved gave up his rights. i I heard two halachot from Shmuel. First I heard this halacha about freeing the slave. The other one. If you sell your field during the year of Yovel itself. Rav Amar mechura viyotza the sale was good and then it comes back to you. Shmuel Amar ain't a the sale's no good. B'chadi Hadrasvina, vina Hadrasvina. lo hadras And in one of the cases Shmuel said that the money comes back and another case said the money doesn't come back. V'le'el dada heminai and they didn't know which was which. Rav Yosef nechazai an answer. Yosef said let's examine. In a Tanit braiter we have a braiter that says Hamochar Avdu l'chutzayt zatza l'chidrusarukyachichem amrosheni. It says that if you, the brighter we saw at the beginning of our sugi, if you sell your your uh, slave to Chutzlarts, he goes free, and you need to get shi'ur from the second master. So obviously that means the second guy bought him, and the sale doesn't revert. And when Shmuel said in the case of the field that the sale's no good, the money comes back. So why didn't Ravanan know that? Ravanan, brighter lo he didn't know. Here, he didn't know the bright The de from Shmuel himself. How can you infer when Shmuel says That means the money goes back. Maybe it means that the sale is no good and the money is now a gift, and as the field stays with the owner, and the money is a gift. Who says the money comes back? Just like Shmuel holds about somebody who gives Kedushin to somebody to whom he can't give Kedushin, like his sister. And Rav says the girl has to give the money back. The money's a gift. He knows that the Kedushin are no good. The money's a gift. So maybe the same thing here. So that's why Rav Anan didn't know how to, how to identify it, and they had to quote the brighter to, to explain which is which. The Yosef. question is, why is it that the guy who buys the slave loses uh, loses here? Uh, why don't we uh, find the, the seller? He's the one who sold him to chutzla. So he answered with a mashal. The uh, mouse doesn't steal. The hole that the mouse goes into, that's what steals. And it's the target, where things go. <laughs> but if there's no mouse, then the hole's meaningless. But you need two to play. So he goes away from the mashal, and he says, it makes sense that the location of the Isra, that's where the knas is. And the lokech is in Arts. There's a guy, a slave, ran away from Chutzlaretz to Israel. His master... Came running after him. Now this is kind of a new wrinkle on what we talked about. After the coming of Rabbi came to Rabbi in Eretz Yisrael. We're going to write you a star that he owes you his value, and or will pay that value, and you have to write him a get sheichur. If not, I'm just going to take him and declare him to be not owned by you anymore, based on this drawsha of Rabbi Achie the Tanya the Pasuk says the non-Jews may not live in the land because they're going to cause you to sin after you I might think this is even talking about a non-Jew who accepts not to, do, uh, not to do idolatry you cannot a, take a slave who runs away from his master and hand it back over to his master my takanato, what should he do? The rest of the pasuk, he has to live with you, which means non-Jews may live with you. Clearly, it means if they've accepted not to do idolatry. was bothered. It seems that he's running away from his father. So who? I wouldn't mean he's running away from his master. It's talking about somebody who sells his slave to Chutzlaretz. and his son had the following problem. Who runs away to you? It should be who runs away from you. And it's, he's running away from Eretz Yisrael. So his Rabbi Achi translated differently. Eretz Rabbi Yishia was trying to say that what we've learned as a Tikkun Olam was really Doraita. Rabbi says, no. The Pasuk doesn't mean that. The Pasuk is talking about an Ebed that runs away from Eretz Yisrael. And that Ebed cannot be uh, forced to go back to Chutz Yisrael. And, uh, and he has to be freed here. He said, "That's talking about when you buy an eved on, for the purposes of freeing him." He wrote the following: "I'm writing a document that says the minute I buy you, you are free as of now." So V'chista had a slave who ran away from his house to Beikutoy. Shalachlu, they sent a message. He sent a message to them. Hadru hanieli, send him back to me. Shalachule, loteskeru l'avadunav. Pasuk says you're not allowed to hand a slave back over to his master. So now in some girsod, we'll read it. Shalachlu v'chein tassalach hamarov v'chein tassalach sim latov v'chein tassalach halavadat You have to return a lost item to his master. Shalachule, loteskeru l'avadunav, but you're not allowed to hand a slave over. Shalachlu ahub beavet shibach mi'chutzlar That's only talking about a slave who ran away to Eretz to, er- to, er- to Israel. We are all in Bavel. Why did he send that? Right, so um, so why, did he, uh, why did he mention Rabbi Yachim, Rabbi Shia? Because <coughs> he actually didn't mention Rabbi Chiyah because these guys were uh, literalists, and they wouldn't accept if they said that's the interpretation of the rabbis. He simply said that's what the Pasuk means. And they were able to understand it that way. Abai lost a um, lost a donkey in the same uh, place of Bei Kutai, which is uh, in, in Chutz L'Aretz. Um and he sent a message, Shadru Ali. These are Jewish people. He said, send it back to me. Shalach Shalach Simana. They said, send the simon, so we'll know that you're really the owner. Shalach Luhu, the chiva kreisei, his stomach is white. Shalach if you weren't for the fact that you are Abayi, we wouldn't send it to you. All donkeys have white stomachs. So what you're telling me is nothing, but you're a baye, so tviyutayin, we will send it back to you. Okay, we'll continue, with the next Mishnah, which is the next part of Mishnah Vav, uh, in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.